Um, our scripture this morning is from Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the, Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Cindy. Man, wasn't that first worship set really good? Chris, team, you guys did an awesome job. Can we thank them for all that they do? I just had one of those moments like we could say amen and go home. And now everyone's saying amen. Let's not going to the message with David here, but no, we're going we're gonna to have fun today. I'm really excited about today's topic. I'm really excited about um, the, okay, this is just going down on me. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing one of those comedic sketches right now. Um, I'm really excited about today's topic because it's so incredibly relevant. We're doing our One God, One Story series during the summer, looking at the Old Testament, the text that is before the life of Jesus. And uh, this ancient text written centuries, centuries before Christ with two goals. One, to see how it points to Jesus. Jesus said, uh, it all points to me. And so we're going to think about that today in the scripture uh, that was read. But number two, how is this ancient text relevant to our lives? And my goodness, each of these scripture texts as we're looking at them, even as ancient as they are, they are so incredibly relevant. And today is no exception. The topic today is insecurities. Battling insecurities. We all face insecurities, do we not? I, I mentioned last week in the message that I follow a Humans of New York. Um, it's this blog outfit. Uh, they also are on Instagram, which is where um, I see them. They, they do a picture of somebody, and then they kind of write a, a, a story about what they're going through, what they're facing, whatever is like on their mind. Uh, I think their tagline is, is uh, stories of strangers. And they do an excellent job of really covering the whole gamut of human experiences. Um, it, but it's interesting to me, uh, I should say, it's not a surprise to me how popular this blog has become. Because though they cover, for instance, some of life's highs and ups, and hey, this is a wonderful thing happening in my life, the vast majority of the stuff that they cover, uh, at least that I've been, I've been seeing as long as I've been following, is the harder things, are the challenges, are the insecurities that we face. Um, two weeks ago, it was a guy pictured kind of looking off in the distance, a young man who looked like he has it all together, but just this look of, I don't know what's coming down the road. And his insecurity was, I don't feel like, like not knowing the language, not having English as well as I should right now is really hard. I find myself here in America and I just, I'm trying to accomplish this, this, and this, but people aren't even taking me too seriously because of the language. How am I going to get by? 
This last week was about somebody who, uh, actually uh, more middle-aged, uh, he had a look of, man, I'm just thinking this over. Um, even in his, in his, in his uh, middle age, he can't help but think about and live based on the feeling of he never amounted to be who his brother was. His brother was the cool kid. His brother was the one everybody admired and everybody wanted to be. Nobody wanted to be him. And I say was about his brother because his brother passed away. And now, even with his brother passing away, years and years ago, it's still something he lives with, the insecurity of that and trying to work out who am I and how, how can I live in this, of what I want to be but I'm not. We all have insecurities. I mean, I think that's no wonder the, the comment section, the comment feed of, of Humans of New York just explodes. Thousands of people are saying, me too. You know, our insecurities, I mean, they come in any number of ways. You know, am I smart enough? Am I fast? Do I produce quickly enough in this area? Socially or relationally, am I attractive enough? Um, the whole slew of things. Sp- am I sm- spiritual enough? We have so many insecurities that we battle. You know what I love about Joshua 1? Is it gets into the heart of battling insecurities. Because what happens, if you look at the book of Joshua on the whole, and we're not going to do this, we're just going to look at one text in this overview series. If you look at jo- the rest of the book of Joshua, Joshua's two through the rest, the rest of the chapters, we see on the surfa- uh, surface a guy who is really good at what he's doing. He's a newly minted leader. He's leading God's people, and he does pretty much a, an excellent job at it. And it seems like he has it all together. But you know what Joshua 1 does for us? It helps us see under the hood a little bit that this amazing leader that Joshua is, he becomes all that he accomplishes, he struggled with some major, major insecurities. And what we, otherwise, by the way, why would God say to him over and over again, three times in the nine verses you just heard Cindy read, be strong and courageous. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Joshua, be strong and very courageous. He needed a pep talk. He had some insecurities that he was wrestling through. And as we look at his life, that'll begin to begin to make more sense and become clear. But it's so helpful for us today because here's what God shows us in the midst of our insecurities. He doesn't condemn us for having insecurities, but he meets us in them and helps us through them. That's what this text is about, it seems to me. Uh, How we're going to look at it this morning is how God meets us in and helps us through insecurities that we're facing. Um, we're going to look at it as we work our way through the text. We're going to see three thoughts. I'm going to kind of pose them as questions just to kind of help us. Um, but uh, let me say a prayer, and then we'll, we'll get into this. Father, thank you so much that in Jesus, you, you've paid it all. Uh, that you've given us this life that will never be taken from us if we've received you. And that if there's anybody here today who hasn't received that life, it's, made, it's offered freely uh, to them. Uh, through what you've done. And we want to reflect on that today. Please help us as we consider your word. Uh, Would you give me your spirit? Would you give us each your spirit that we would learn from you today? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So battling insecurities. Number one in verses one through five, where are you looking? When you're facing insecurities, when you're feeling insecurities, where are you looking? Now, real quick context before I read these verses. Uh, There's what's happening right here in Joshua 1. We looked at the end of the, last, the previous book, Deuteronomy, last week, uh, what's happened is Moses has led God's people all the way up to the promised land. He's brought them all the way there, and he passes away, and now Joshua takes the leadership baton, 
And now he's going to lead the people of God into the promised land, which, by the way, is pretty scary. I mean, the promised land at that time had a lot of warring people groups, warring nations. They weren't technically nations, but that's the deal. He had to take up the sword and fight them. Um, But I want you to listen to uh, these verses in light of the leadership transition that is happening. The great leader Moses is now transitioning into the leadership of Joshua. Listen to all the references that God makes to Moses as he talks to Joshua. Verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give them every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He mentions, God mentions to Joshua five times the name Moses in these five verses. Why? Think about if you were in Joshua's situation. Okay? Imagine the enormity, imagine the size of shoe you're filling in taking the place of leadership in Moses' stead. I mean, we're talking Shaquille O'Neal sized shoes. I mean, Moses was the man. Last week we talked about how he got three sermons in our Old Testament series. Nobody else is getting that, but he was the man. All the signs and wonders, how he delivered God's people from Pharaoh, how he parted the Red Sea, how he gave the Ten Commandments. Greatest miracle of all, in my humble opinion, how he was able to somehow successfully lead these obstinate people that Joshua was inheriting. These people who were constantly grumbling, constantly complaining, and had a track record of being terrible to their leadership, even the leadership of Moses. There are plenty of times Moses is out there, the guys, the people come up and complain, and Moses goes to God and says, God, you know what? These people aren't worth it anymore. Just smite me now. Smote me now? I don't know, I don't know the conjugation there. Just get re- Let's just end this thing. That's, that's the people. That's the pressure they put on the great leader of Moses. So imagine if you're Joshua. You've got this, you're not just leading people up to the promised land, into the promised land, taking up the sword, life and death, scary situation. You have to think, and I think this text clearly shows, that Joshua was thinking, oh my goodness, how is this going to happen? I'm not Moses. And what does God say to him? Verse 5 just hits it on the head. Joshua, I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, Where are you looking? Uh, It seems to me it's really easy for us to look in other places. And oh my goodness, insecurity can well up so quick that way. So quickly. I don't think it coincidence that within the last week and a half, I've had, about a, I've had a handful of conversations with folks who have all essentially said, independently of each other, word for word, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can handle being at this job anymore. I don't think I have what it takes. Everybody, my, my, people sitting next to me, they're so fast at what they do. They're so smart. I, I don't feel like I have it in me. I mean, seriously. I don't think it's coincidence because we're looking at this text. I feel like, you know, we're on God's curriculum, you've heard me say. We haven't. It's so easy to look at others, but check out what God is doing here with Joshua. Right at the beginning, 
He's anticipating what he feels. He knows what Joshua's thinking in terms of Moses and not being him. And, jo- and God is saying to Joshua, Joshua, don't look over there. Don't look over there. What Moses can do or not do, look at me. I've got this. I've got you. Be strong and courageous. Now, quick sidebar, uh, kind of a, a pastoral thought here for you. Um, the general text here is, you know, where God leads us, we've got to just to the extent we can, strong and courageous. Keep going at it. Be strong and courageous. But I want to say as a quick sidebar, that doesn't necessarily mean if you're in some really hard circumstances that you should necessarily keep staying there that God wants you there. Okay? I'm I'm not saying that it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, please don't see the scripture as if you're in a really hard situation, that means therefore you need to be there. What I would suggest to you think about, and I think this this text helps us think through, is you ask the question, am I supposed to be here? Because Joshua, his calling's pretty darn clear. He's to lead the people into the promised land, take the folks out, establish the rule. God's called him. It's very clear. So I would ask yourself, if you're in that sort of situation, ask yourself, am I supposed to be here? I actually had uh, two conversations with, with different folks within the last few weeks, and one person basically said, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I, I think I'm free to kind of do whatever. The other person said, I feel like, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. Uh, if you want to talk to me about that and work that through, find somebody. Have a conversation about that. But I know there's a number of you guys who are in a really hard place. I don't want to necessarily say that the Scripture therefore says, no, you better stay there, okay? Um, that's just a pastoral sidebar there. Um, but coming back, regardless of that, uh, whatever insecurity you're facing, whatever insecurity I'm facing, what God is saying here is, look at me. There's a very helpful, there's a very helpful uh, uh, word picture in the New Testament that kind of captures this thought. The Hebrews writer writing to uh, the early churches uh, in Hebrews 12, uh, verses 2 and 3, um, the Hebrews writer puts it this way. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now, I love that word perseverance. I mean, it's hard. Perseverance is hard, okay? But I love that word perseverance because it's real. It's saying, you know what? There's a big part of this. It's about endurance. It's about gritting it out. It's about staying with it. It's being real. It's not always easy. You're going to be facing things that seem like daunting tasks. You're going to be put in situations where you think, oh my goodness, I'm not that person Fix your eyes on Jesus. Joshua, don't look over there. Joshua, don't look at Moses, what he was able to do, couldn't do. Uh, Look at me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. There's a story in the New Testament where uh, Jesus is walking on the water, as he does, as he he does. He's walking on the water, and it was one of those times where the disciples freaked out, as they do. Um, They freaked out, and Peter, after he freaks out, he kind of collects himself. He's like, Jesus, can I go out in the water? Can I come? And Jesus is like, Come! And so Peter steps out of the boat, and he's like, starts walking, I'm walking on water. But what happens is he takes his eyes off Jesus. It actually specifically says he starts to look at all the waves, the wind, and he starts to sink. It's, he took his eyes off Jesus. And I love that picture because there's a lot of noise. There's daunting tasks. There's other people who are able to do this or that. But God is saying, never mind that. If I have you here, I've got this, I've got you. Where are you looking as you battle insecurities? God's saying, look at, look at me. I've got this, I've got you. Second question, what's your focus? 
This kind of builds on the first thought. What's your focus? We see in, in verses 7 and 9, and I'll, I'll, let me set the, the context here real quickly before we read this. So Joshua, is, as we've established, he's getting ready to step into some serious stuff. I mean, we, we battle insecurities in the workplace, in the neighborhood, relationally, socially, all those sorts of things, and those are, those are real, those are hard, and those are, we've got to work. Joshua's insecurities, I might die. The people might kill me. I mean, so like a little bit of perspective here. Okay, Joshua's facing some stuff. Um... And in this moment, God comes to him and says, look, Joshua, here's what I want your focus to be in this time. You're getting ready to face some stuff, but here's what I want you to focus. And before I read this, notice what it's not. It's not, Joshua, go draw up some great battle plans. You're getting ready to fight all these people. You need to figure out, go burn the midnight oil, come up with some great battle plans. Joshua ultimately does that. It's good that he does that. That's not what God says. It should be his focus. He doesn't say to Joshua, you know what? Go take a seminar on how to be a leader like Moses. I mean, right? Joshua pulls a lot from his time with Moses throughout his career. He does even that. But God says, look, you're getting ready to face some stuff. Here is what I want your focus to be. Here's what I want your focus to be. Verse 7 through 9. Be careful to obey the law of my servant Moses, my, the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? God is saying, you know what your focus is. You know what your focus needs to be, Joshua, as you face your insecurities. You know what your focus needs to be following me. Following me. Specifically, he says, obey. He also uses the word keep. My word. Obey my word. And number two, meditate on it. Follow me. When you're facing insecurities, follow me and go to my word. Obey it and meditate on it. So I want to look at these two things and how these help with facing insecurities. The first one is obey my word. And can I be real with you for a second? On the surface of things, it feels like there's a little bit of a tension. Because here's what we're saying, large thread through this message. God meets us in and helps us through insecurities. Focus on me, and part of that is obeying my word. And if you obey my word, it will help you through your insecurities. On the surface of that, that produces a little bit of attention to me. Do you know why? Because I know I should obey God's word. I know, I, scripturally speaking, even if I've never read the Bible, I understand conceptually that God says, do the things that I tell you to do, and it'll go better for you, which is essentially what he's saying to Joshua. Even if I never read the Bible, I understand that, but that's what he's saying. I understand that. I also understand, personally speaking, from personal experience, that when, by God's grace, I do the things that he tells me to do, it goes better for me. And when I don't, it doesn't go as well for me. I know that. The tension within me as I read this text, though, is, oh my goodness, do I go to the left and to the right all the time? Go to the left and right all the time. You know, uh, Paul wrote in Romans 7, a passage that I just so resonate with. And this is the great apostle Paul, the guy who's planting all these churches. He ultimately is martyred for loving folks. He's just a selfless dude. In Romans 7, he says this, man, at the end of the day, things I know I should be doing, I don't do those things. 
And the things I know I shouldn't be doing, yeah, I do those things. I resonate with that. That's, that's going to the left and the right. So it is true when you and I, by God's grace, do the things that God calls us to do, it goes better for us. There is a, it's life-giving law. It's good to, to follow God's law. It's good. And when we don't, it doesn't go quite. But here's the It's not just obey my law. It's not just keep. He says meditate on it. Meditate on the book of Moses, uh, the book of the law. Now, when we read those words, the book of the law, I think we might quickly think, oh, he's talking about the rules. That's not what he's saying when he says the book of the law. He's talking about the totality of the message. The totality. And by the way, when the New Testament looks back at it, it kind of says, when you see the book, it's talking about the whole thing. But in Joshua's very immediate context, he's talking about all the things that Moses had written, which we know were Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible. What we just finished up in, in this part of the Old Testament. He's saying, meditate on that. And you know what you do when you start to meditate on that? Even, by the way, the rules. When you start to meditate on the rules, you realize what the Scripture says about the rules, and that is ultimately, yes, they do give life if you do them, but ultimately they really show you and me our need for a Savior. That's what their main intention is. Follow them, yes, it'll go better. But really, they point you to your need for a Savior. Joshua would have been meditating on this scripture that, that Moses had given him. Imagine that. The very first part of this book of the law is Genesis 1 and 2. God creates the world. And when he created the world, before human beings accomplished a single thing, before we screwed up a single thing, we did a good thing, we did a bad thing. Before we did any of that, God said, looked at us, he said, it is, it's good. Created us in his own image. We are inherently, infinitely valuable to God. Before we do anything, before we accomplish, don't accomplish the things that we set out after or make us insecure, before we do any of that, he loves us. That's the first two chapters. Joshua, in meditating on it, you know what he would have looked at with the book of Moses? He would have looked at the person of Moses himself who gave the book of Moses and found that the laws that this Moses gave, he didn't keep too well. Moses constantly struggled with it, had lapses of faith. Remember that episode we talked about last week where he put himself in the position of like taking credit for God in front of like two million people? That wasn't so good. And what Joshua would have seen as he meditates on that is that God loved Moses. Not because he was able to be perfect, but because God loved him inherently. You know what the message of the totality of the book of the law is? The book of the Bible, all of it. It's a message of grace. And that's what we're to meditate on. So yes, obey, and it'll go better when we don't obey. It's, but through it all, grace. God loves us, takes care of us. Um, I was talking with someone uh, this week, um, someone who's very accomplished, somebody who's highly educated, um, but just battling real insecurities. Just Man, I just feel like the, the, I don't bring much value the things that I'm doing. I don't see the value in it. And actually, to be real, I, I, there's a lot of moments where I dislike myself. And this person's a strong believer, and so I was just kind of asking questions. And I said, you know what? Is there's a bit of a breakthrough that just happened, though. I said, tell me about it. I went to God's Word. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I saw in God's Word, uh, you know, this place where God talks about Moses, 
Here's Moses. Talks about Moses and how he's building these things. He's doing wonderful things. But at the end of the day, it's God who's the builder. We try to accomplish things. We try to, but really, anything of value is of God's doing anyway. And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm putting too much stock, too much stock in trying to get my security and those sorts of things. When I'm loved by God, Meditate on God's word. God's word, follow me. Your focus needs to be me. If you guys are facing insecurities, here's an invitation for you. Go to God's word. The problem, it seems to me, for, and I'll speak it to, to, to Christian friends here today, it seems to me what we do is when things get hard, when we get more insecure, when we get stressed, when we face all these pressures and fears, is that gets squeezed out. Following God. When we should be going more to him. He should be the focus, not burning more of the midnight oil, not coming up with the big game plan. Hey, I'm, that's not knocking that. Joshua did those things. Your focus needs to be me following. Get into my word. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. It's God's living word. It's beautiful. It's grace. It's life-giving. That's an invitation to do that as you, as, as you face insecurities that you and I face. Number three, where do you place your confidence? Where do, you, where, where's your, where do you place your confidence? And I see this really in the thrust of God's message here to Joshua. Verses 5, uh, 7, and, and, and then 9. As I was with Moses, God speaking again here to Joshua, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong, verse 9, and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We noticed this earlier on, and we see it here again. The strongest thing here is God saying, I will. It seems to me that we are all trying to solve for our greatest insecurity. Life's big question, or questions, I mean, it's all the same thing. Where do we get our ultimate value? Where do, we get our, where's, where do we get our meaning and purpose? Where do we get our ultimate security? We're all trying to solve for that. The non-religious answers to that, typically speaking, are in our careers, are in our relationships, fame, comfort, whatever it might be. The religious answer to that is, where do I get my ultimate security? Is being right with the divine, being right with God. But do you see that all of these things, oh my goodness, they just pile on the insecurities. We can never measure up. We can never measure up to the career. I mean, I, you know, I feel like I'm listening to all these celebrities right now who have, quote, made it. We even say that. You've made it. You know, they have all the riches, they all have, and they're all depressed. I mean, not all of them, but it's like the people I'm listening to. And they, it's like they have this message on NPR to say, guys, it's not just about getting money or being famous. Actually, more money, more problems. You know? I mean, you know, I'm just... It's just... But we say, you know, you've made it. And yet, there's folks who've, quote, made it, and they're feeling... Or religiously, oh my goodness, this is probably worse. I'm going to live for God, and then I won't... You know, everything will be all right. That's a surefire way of producing a lot of insecurities. Guilt. I mean, you know... That's why the promise here in the Bible, and we see it here in this text in Joshua, it's on every page of the Bible, is so wonderful. God says, I will. 
I will be with you, Joshua. I will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 9, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. Is God's promise to Joshua that he's going to be all right, ultimately that Joshua is going to figure it out, it's that God's going to take care of him. Just be strong and courageous. Trust, follow, believe. Um, you know, the promise of God here in this text, as we see it pointing to Jesus, is actually built right into Joshua's name. Joshua wasn't his given name. Moses changed his name in some account like Numbers. And it's a kind of a parenthetical thought, actually. I looked at my, my Bible the other day just to kind of check. It was, it was in parentheses. Moses changed his name to Joshua. Um, but it's so cool. Joshua in Hebrew literally means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Not Joshua, not Moses. The Lord saves. The Greek equivalent of the Lord saves is Jesus. Jesus' name literally means the Lord saves. This is how the text points to you. Jesus came preaching the book of Moses. He came saying, he's saying, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Follow the laws. Obey me. Keep the commandments. Do it. Nevertheless, the amazing thing on the same Sermon on the Mount is where I pulled that thought, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. The same thought he says, but do not think that I've come to abolish the law. I have come to fulfill it. That's the gospel. That's the Lord saves. Is Jesus, the Lord himself, came to live the life you and I couldn't. He lived the life of never once turning the left or the right when you and I do it daily, if not hourly. He never once turned to the left or the right. And then he died the death that we all deserve so that we could receive forgiveness and life in his name. And here's the awesome thing about that. In him all insecurities begin to fade away because in him we are absolutely secure. If we have that, if we have that, we don't need anything else. don't need anything else. Um, I had lunch with uh, Ifrika this, this week and he said I could share his stories. And we're all family. If this is helpful for somebody, I'd love, yeah, I'd love for you to share it. And he, he also said, and hopefully this will encourage folks to pray for me because he, he just found out he lost his job. Actually, technically speaking, his, his, his contract was up for renewal and he didn't get it. Um, and so I, I got together with him this last week and I said, how are you doing? And he said, you know, at first it was really hard. And he said, but you know, I'm doing great now. I was like, how? <laughs> it's like, how, how does that work? Connect those dots for me. He said, look, when I was working this job, before I was doing it with all the wrong perspective. It was, it was, I was miserable. It was driving me into the ground. I felt like I had to live up to this, do this, and get there, and be this, and not. And it was driving me into the ground. It's like, that wasn't me. He said, and when I was going up for renewal, I had this one prayer. He said, I said, I had this one prayer. I said, I just felt like I should pray this. I prayed, God, will you never leave me? Will you not leave me in this? Will you be with me? That was his prayer. And he said, the crazy thing is, I feel like God has answered that prayer in an awesome way in me not getting the job. I was like, explain that one to me. He said, I realized the most important thing in all this is God. The most important thing is God. 
And you know what the awesome thing is? He's going to take care of me. He's going to work it out. And I'm not looking forward to going through the interview process. Like, this is not all rosy-colored glass. I mean, it's hard. But you know what? God's got me. And he even said, he's like, I feel like I've been in this situation. I'm actually feeling closer to God than I have felt in a long, long time. And I'm like, that's amazing. And he said, you know what's really cool about it? I feel like God's like working this in me that this will, by his grace, stick with me in the next job. That in the next job, yeah, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to study. I'm going to do all the stuff that I, I'm going to go at it. But it's not going to be the driving force of what I'm doing there. It's not, in other words, going to be my ultimate security. God being with me is going to be that. He said, furthermore, I feel like God's using this to help me be a witness. Like, God, this is a story. Man, and then we just started reflecting on That's the vision of current. That's the vision of current. It's built into our name. The way we say it is, you know, in the Silicon Valley, there's a strong current to find ultimate purpose, value, meaning, security in things like career, resume stats, killing it at the job, work going up the corporate ladder, launching that good product. Hey, good things. But there's a strong current to find our ultimate purpose and meaning in that. But Jesus said, whoever believes in me as the scriptures teach, from within them will flow rivers of living water. As the scriptures teach, even Joshua 1. As the scriptures teach, from within them will flow rivers of living water. In other words, in Jesus there's now a new current, if you will. That when we find our ultimate purpose, value, meaning in him, we will receive abundant life both now and forever. And that's what we seek to do as a church, is to offer that, first of all, to each other. We need that. I left that conversation saying to Ephrika, hey, thank you for helping me step a little bit more into that current. You know? I was blessed by Ephrika sharing that story. Hopefully it's a blessing to you. Starting with ourselves, but starting to those around us. Uh, you know, offering it to those around us. We, it's a, it's a life-giving, beautiful current as we fix our eyes on him who loves us thoroughly, who calls us, yes, to follow him, but when we mess up, grace. That's where we can place our confidence. That's where we can put our trust. And it's to the degree that we see and we let sink in what Christ has done for us on the cross. It's to the degree that our insecurities, all other insecurities fade away. I want to close uh, with this uh, quotation because it's, it's, it just kind of summarizes things really, really well. And it acts as kind of an invitation of all these thoughts as, as the band comes up. Um, this is uh, Dave Lomas, uh, pastor, author, wrote this. You will not find your, your identity, we've been using the word security, you will not find your identity in what you have, but in who has you. You will not find your identity in what you do, but in what has been done for you. And you will not find your identity in what you desire, but in who has desired at infinite cost to himself a relationship with you. Christ is your life. He gives you a new identity and will work that new identity out in your life until the day when he appears. On that day, you will finally see clearly as Christ sees you now. You will know as you are known. And you will understand that the truest thing about you, that, Christ, that in Christ God called you his beloved, in whom he is well pleased, has been true all along and is now true forever. So, believe. Trust. Base your entire identity, get your ultimate security and worth from that fact. Let's pray. 
Father, boy, does this message of needing to hear be strong and courageous that Joshua needed to hear back there resonate with, with our hearts. Or I'll, I'll put my, it resonates with me. Resonates with us, Father. We just we we try to find our security in so many things when our ultimate security is standing right in front of us. You've accomplished it for us on the cross, giving us forgiveness in dying for us. And then in rising again from the dead, we, we now have eternal life with you. So we give you praise. Father, would you help us be living more from within that current, a river of living water, and would you help us help those around us see that there's an invitation into it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.